0: What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, your daily NFL podcast. The only daily NFL podcast in the entire world, nay, the entire internet. I am Will Brinson. I am your host. I am flying solo on this Monday morning, and I'm only doing it to shove it in Irish Jackson's face. This used to be a great podcast until they went daily with it. Bleep you, pal. (laughs) I'm not doing this for fun. I mean, I am kind of doing it for fun, but whatever. Uh, there's maybe one interesting episode a week. And Brinson, although great as a cast member, cannot lead a podcast. Just for you, Irish Jackson, I'll be doing this whole podcast by myself. I, you have to sit on an elliptical for thirty minutes and listen to me with no other options available to you in your podcast app, which I'm sure is how this works. Um, anyway, subscribe, rate, and review if you do like the podcast. If you don't, just go away. You can stop listening. I mean, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. I'm going to be a jerk on iTunes. Um, Seriously, though, rate review. We appreciate all ratings, all reviews, quick house cleaning. um, Oh yeah. I'll send out an email this week. I've got to get, a couple fantasy leagues going of my own, my own personal leagues, and I've also got to get the Pick 6 Podcast Fantasy League going as well. If you send me an email by Monday at 5 p.m., you will be under consideration for it. Um, It is going to be massive and sprawling and like 30 teams and maybe squaring off for a championship to see who wins a a hat or something like that. We also have the Pick 6 Podcast Pick'em's League. Go to pick6pod.football.cbssports.com, and if you do that – and sign up there, you will, uh, you will compete for prizes. There will be a, a we we'll, we're gonna give away. The folks in marketing have authorized weekly t-shirt giveaways. It's a free shirt, man. All you gotta do is pick, pick games against the spread. Every game against the spread, each week, you guys pick, and then you can laugh at how far down the standings I finish. We'll try and get Prisco and, and Costas to do it. They can't finish. They never finish anyway. They, they quit halfway through last year. Um, we will also uh oh yeah, we'll give out a prize in free fantasy league to whoever finishes in first overall for the full season there. Uh maybe some more, I don't know. We'll 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 figure it out as we go along, but sign up at pick 6 dot or go to at Will Brinson on Twitter and it is at the top of the page, pinned for you. Let's get to the news. There's a lot of news in the NFL. Um First off, we talked about this on Friday's show, but we didn't have the full details. And I'm going to do some winners and losers, which will sort of be wrapped and disguised as um, as news-ish stuff anyway. So it should be me talking about football for the next 20 minutes or so. Um, Darius Geis, torn ACL out for the year. Toward against the Patriots. Um, anyone who's been listening to this podcast this off season knows that I am. Just, I, mean, look, I mean, look. First of all, obviously for Darius Geist, this stinks. Um, it's a good thing that his contract is guaranteed. You know, it stinks that he didn't get taken in the first round because then he would have more money. Um, but he's going to miss the entire. He's going to miss his entire rookie season. Uh, for, but if anybody who listens to this podcast, knows that I was very high on the Redskins this year. I am picking them to win the NFC East. I have put my I wouldn't call it hard earned money, but my earned, my, the money that someone has given me, uh, to do what I do, uh, on the line for the Redskins to go over seven wins and to win the NFC East. And now that looks a lot less likely. And, uh, you know, RJ White, an editor of ours pointed out that if, if you're, if you're, if the entire premise of a team winning a lot of football games hinges on the, the rookie running back, then you probably have a faulty premise. And I don't disagree with that. I think the Red teams can still easily win seven games. They went seven to nine last year and had a lot more injuries. Um, but the thing about Geis is, if you, you watch the play where he got hurt, he burst through the, he was holding, so, you know, take that with it, that great assault, but he burst through the hole, runs, I think Kyle Brandt of Good Morning Football says it best, he runs like a ball of butcher knives. And, He's, he's shaking dudes off. He's blasting through tackles and then he gets pulled down and it's just awkward and he lands on his knee. And, you know, that's that. I mean, the, 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 issue is that they now have to turn to Rob Kelly for, they're calling fit Rob Kelly now for some, for whatever reason. And they have to turn to Samaj P. Ryan, who's a high pick. I think still owns the record for most rushing guards in a single game while at Oklahoma, uh, in NCAA history. They have to turn to those two guys instead of guys and they can make do with that. Plus Chris Thompson, plus, you know, whatever else they can scrounge up on the street. It doesn't sound like they're going to be interested in uh, going after somebody like DeMarco Murray, who is retired, but still a free agent would be an interesting name and an interesting fit there. Honestly, plus you didn't need to have a, be one, uh, one giant stand away from getting a free NFC's punch card. Having already played for the Cowboys and Eagles. It doesn't sound like they're going to do that. It, it I mean, I don't know if it's off the table, um, but Jay Gruden made it clear that they they think they've got enough guys in house to replicate whatever running game they need. Geis is just a perfect one cut runner for that system, and and he was going to have a huge year. He showed it on that run that he got hurt on, and and now he's going to be out for the season. Um, I would not if I'm if I'm if I'm you guys. I mean, I would I would probably hold off on betting the Redskins NFC East. I still like the over. I don't I mean I don't love it as much. The starting running back goes down with a torn ACL. It's a bad sign. Um, but I mean, I still, that's why you don't, that's why you don't take the overs early. You wait and take the overs late as possible if you can, uh, because injuries do happen in the preseason. Um, that being said, like I'm, I'm in on it. I'm still going to pick it. I just don't feel as good about it because of, uh, the, the guy's injury and it stinks. I was looking forward to watching him run this week, this year. And as, I mean, I, I thought he was a, a deep sleeper to even potentially lead the league in rushing because of his setup in that system. That is obviously not going to happen. Now, another running back who suffered another knee injury, Jarek McKinnon, who was signed to a big free agent deal this offseason, also suffered a, uh, a knee injury, a minor, I think it's being called a minor knee injury. So that's, that's at least good in the sense that it's not a major knee injury, right? Um, per Adam Schefter of ESPN, a source said it was, quote, good and just a muscle strain. Um, the 49ers announced that he underwent an MRI on his right knee after injuring it during practice. Um, according to Nick Wagoner, actually, Matt, this is, he went down early in team drills and was clutching his knee. After some time with the medical staff, McKinnon stood up and walked around to watch the end of practice. He also stayed to sign autographs for fans and was in good spirits. Um, Matt Mayako, one of the best beat guys out there for NBC uh Bay Area, I believe. Yeah, NBCS, right? Troubling moment at practice as Jared McKinnon was hobbling, grabbing right knee. After getting checked out by medical staff, he was walking around and watching the remainder of practice. GM John Lynch slap hands with McKinnon after he got up from the ground. So he's going to, it's good news for, the, for Jared McKinnon. Certainly bears watching. You know, we talked about the, uh, the Doug Baldwin injury and what to do. I don't reduce this to fantasy purposes, but it does matter. I mean, look, Matt Breida's banged up for the for the 49ers so Jerick McKinnon stands to be very much, you know, the feature back that we thought he would be, uh, as signed by Kyle Shanahan. You know, when Kyle Shanahan spends that money; you you have to expect that he's going to be the feature back, right? Well, I mean, it, you know, it looks like he's going to be the guy, uh, but you have to worry a little bit about that knee injury, and you have to wonder, you know, if you, for fantasy purposes because you're gonna be drafting this week and, and next week, can you invest a sp- third round pick, second round pick in this guy, probably a third round pick or fourth round pick, depending on what your format is. PPR is going a little bit higher. I personally, um, you know, I don't know if I want to invest that much in, in, in Jared McKinnon. I, you know, I just don't know exactly, um, you know, how he's going to be, uh, and it sounds like Matt Breida, by the way, uh, positive news as well on, on, on his, uh, on his shoulder injury. So that's, that's, that's good news. So the 49ers are banged up at running back, uh, Matt Breida, shoulder injury, Jared McKenna, knee injury. Both guys seem like they're going to be fine, but warrants watching throughout the rest of the preseason. If you know, if you're drafting this week, I would bump it back a little bit, um, just because of those injuries. But it, you know, it does seem like they're both going to be okay. But again, warrants watching. Certainly, um, a piece of informative news that you should know about. Uh, Jalen Ramsey and Dante Fowler were suspended one week each. The two Jaguars defenders, uh, neither will be available to practice this week or play in the Jaguars' next preseason game against the Vikings on Saturday, which is uh, interesting. They were basically suspended because Jalen Ramsey is taking shots at the media hmm. on Twitter. Hmm. He uh, So Philip Heilman took a video of Fowler and Yannick Ngakwe, I believe, fighting at practice, published it on Twitter, as one does when one is reporting from Jaguars practice and, uh, and Ramsey tweeted at him. He said, at Philip Heilman, you know, you done messed up, right? LOL. If y'all want war, we got some for y'all. And I know the rest of y'all parentheses, you know who you are going to read this too. So just know hashtag lame ass reporters. Well, that's good. Jalen Ramsey, who has been fawned over all offseason is now attacking the Jacksonville media. Tom Cough, I mean excuse me, Doug Marone <laughs> has uh, suspended him for a week and that's good because you can't do that. You can't attack the media over what they post from practice when you're doing it in practice. Training camp fights are overrated. Practice fights are overrated. They happen in football all the time. We post them, and then we write about them, and people freak out a little bit, especially when they're like joint practices between the Jets and the Redskins, and then the fans start fighting. But you know what? People fight. People fight all the time. People fight in football. Football players fight. It it happens. It's 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 okay. It's not a big deal. It's a little bit overrated, but it's going to be posted. When there's a fight, people are going to post about it and freak out about it, and Jalen Ramsey doesn't need to. To do this, like he's gotta, he's gotta simmer down. You don't want to turn the media against you. And as Pete Prisco pointed out, imagine if, imagine if people were getting suspended for things they did towards reporters back in the day, back before social media was around. Uh, Prisco would have gotten a couple of guys suspended for months, if not life. Um, Ramsey also added, I'm always going to take up for my teammates because I know what type of men and players they are for real. Love my dogs. If you don't like it, oh well. God bless. I mean, look, like I get the apology from Jalen Ramsey and it's appreciated because he's, he's somebody that, um, you know, needs to come forward and apologize for something he does when he's in the wrong and he was in the wrong here. But come on, dude, you don't have to, don't, don't quasi backtrack on this, uh, on this situation. I mean, apologize for what you said. Like you can't attack the media. That's just not okay. Everyone should know this. You can't attack the media. Freedom of speech is important. Providing information to the general public is important, even if it's just about football. You're not gonna kick the media out and just talk to our pal John Osher for Jaguars.com. And even he's not gonna let you just tell you whatever he wants. Osher's a journalist, too. I love Osher. He's the best. Um so anyway, that's that's the news out of the uh the Jaguars. They're gonna suspend Jalen Ramsey for a preseason game. Save him for getting injured. The Eagles have signed Christian Hackenberg. Woo! Hack is back, baby. Um I don't know what they're going to do with this. Hackenberg has upside. He played well as a freshman at Penn State. Um he has looked entirely lost throughout the full tenure of his NFL career. The Jets used a second round pick on him, of course, and he was one of the one of many bad second round picks by the Jets. A guy who's primarily looked like a bust throughout his entire tenure with New York. Never played a snap. Never played it down in a regular season game. It's unbelievable. No one ever saw him throw, um, except in practice when he was in, in at the combine when he was air mailing stuff left and right. Bad pick by Mike Mcagnin. We'll get to why nobody cares about that in a second. Um, but for this particular case, uh, you know, I I think you have a a situation where the Eagles have Carson Wentz. They have Nick Foles. Um, they can afford to bring in a local product, a guy who has played well at the quarterback position. You know, over time and can say, all right, let's take a flyer on this guy. If he shows any kind of upside, we put him in Doug Peterson's program. We let him learn. We let him sit and maybe he pans out and, and becomes something. I mean, at the end of the day that they have Carson Wentz, uh, Nick Foles won't be there forever. He'll be there this year and then probably be gone. So they need, they need to develop a backup at some point. I mean, Howie Roseman has shown how important he thinks. The, the backup quarterback position is to so expect them to develop a backup quarterback behind Carson Wentz. I mean, the the Super Bowl proved how important it is. That being said, look, Bill O'Brien didn't sign this guy. Hack got cut by the Jets, and his former college coach, who now runs the Houston Texans and, and is their coach, didn't sign him. And the Houston Texans have Deshaun Watson, but it's not like they're loaded. I think Brandon Whedon, right? I mean... The Texans, Texans could have been a team that could have landed him, and, and they decided not to. Instead, um, he's going to go to Philadelphia. I don't think that I don't think we should see. Uh, and yes, there's Brandon Reed and Joe Webb, and Stephen Morris. I mean, they can't sign Christian Hackenberg in Houston. Just worth noting. Um, Donald Trump, the president of the United States of America, tweeted on Friday morning that players uh, who are kneeling for the national anthem should be suspended. So that's exciting. Um, there were four instances where players protested, uh, over the weekend on the Thursday, um, the, uh, the, th- the Thursday preseason games. I'm trying to find this Trump, uh, Trump tweet. Um, here it is. Two tweets, actually. The NFL players are at it again, taking a knee where they should be standing proudly for the national anthem. Numerous players from different teams want to show their outrage at something that most of them are unable to define. They make a fortune doing what they love. Dot 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 dot. Be happy. Be cool. A football game that fans are paying so much money to watch and enjoy is no place to protest. Most of that money goes to your players anyway. Find another way to protest. Stand proudly for your national anthem, or be all caps. Well, no, capital each word. Suspended without pay. Um, the this is where the NFL has screwed up badly. The NFL decided to suspend. A discussion of the national anthem policy during the preseason when the Dolphins issued the, the public, the Dolphins basically put out a public, um, notice about their policy. People got all in an uproar. Each team was going to have to submit their own policy, even if the team wasn't going to follow it. It was going to be all topsy-turvy about what, what team did what, what was allowed for each team, you know, how each player was suspended. It was a total mess and this is after the, institu- the, the, the institution of the actual anthem policy rule that the NFL bashed through um, in, in the owners' meetings this offseason, and when, when, by the way, all of this was dying down, and the NFL could have just let it die down, didn't, bashed through this policy, come up with the new individual policies for each team, make everybody mad, suspend discussion of the policy, allow players to do whatever they want freely during the preseason. Players do it. Marshawn Lynch sitting for the national anthem, uh, still, and and now the president is tweeting about how players should be suspended without pay. Uh, the problem here is that if we're being honest, the NFL allowing this to circulate as a discussion point instead of finding a way to stop it one way or the other gives an opening for people to use this as a lightning rod and a topic of controversy. To a demographic of people that get excited about being angry over this stuff. And what I'm trying to say is that the, the, this, that the issue that the, the players are protesting is important, which is racial injustice in this country. And there's a lot of inequality in this country and it's important that people recognize that and realize it. Um, it is not as important that we focus on the national anthem instead of stuff like, is everybody in Puerto Rico okay? I mean, they are part of the country. I, I don't know. There's just there's other things we could focus on, um, and the NFL has done a poor job of being able to take this and get it off of the plate of of what people are talking about. They they, they wanted to get it out of the, the realm of discussion. They've done a poor job doing that, and this is going to go on for. Um, Probably several weeks, and wouldn't be surprised if it lingers into the season at this point unless the NFL can come up with some way to fix it, and I don't think that they will be able to do that. So winners and losers very quickly from the weekend. Um, obviously, the Washington Redskins are a big loser because they lost Darius Geis. Uh, that should be quite obvious. They would be on the losers list. Um, also on the losers list, Paxton Lynch, the former first-round pick, I don't know why I started losers first. I, I guess it's my prerogative. Maybe maybe we'll end on a high note. Um, so we'll, just, we'll go winners last. How does that sound? Um Paxton Lynch booed heavily and unmercifully by Broncos fans during their preseason loss to the Vikings. Went 6-for-11 for 24 yards. Um, generally just didn't look like he had it. Uh, and Case Keenum's performance aside... Chad Kelly looked pretty sharp, and people really liked what Chad Kelly did. They were chanting Chad Kelly's name. That's not a great feeling if you're Paxton Lynch. Um, Chad he went 14 of 21 for 177 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, and he also led the team in rushing with 38 yards. So you have an instance where Paxton Lynch, a former first-round pick who was supposed to be the heir apparent to Peyton Manning and then Brock Osweiler, um, you know, plays terribly, hasn't looked good since he's been drafted. As people assuming he's already a bust. It might be too early in his career for that, but Carson Wentz was in the MVP discussion. Dak Prescott's looked great. Um, Jared Goff started to come around last year. It's just a tough spot for him. And, um, you know, y- you have this situation where there's not going to be a lot of patience in Denver. They want a quarterback. They want to win now. Case Keenum didn't look great. Uh, but you only played a couple of series. The Denver offensive line is going to come down to them. Can they block and protect uh, for for this team? Because if they don't give Case Keenum time, as good as he was at, at navigating the pocket and and, and buying time and, and taking throws down the field last year for the Vikings, he's not going to be able to do it just every play. Like that's not a sustainable offense. That's what the that's what the the Seahawks ran with Russell Wilson when they were you know Russell spin around and then chunk it deep and make magic happen. It, it's it's not sustainable. It's not going to work for over the full course of a season. Um, and and you have to wonder are the Broncos going to have the offensive line there necessary to protect whatever quarterback is under center? If he's going to be Case Keenum, he's going to be the starter. The question then becomes, you know, at least for the trickle-down effect of the quarterback depth chart, is Paxton Lynch going to make this team? I would I guess, yes, they'll keep Paxton and and Chad Kelly and, and Case Keenum. But um, if he doesn't look good, you know – it's not out of the realm of possibility that they cut him. I, you know, just, it would be surprising if they cut him before the end of his first year deal, or his first rookie deal, excuse me, And which means you have, what, uh, 15, 16? You have 16, 17 this year, and then 19. So maybe they cut him. I, it would be really surprising if they cut him, but it's not out of the realm of possibility uh, just because of the investment. like that That's tough to do when you use a first-round pick. And let's not forget that John Elway j- traded back into the first round, and it was – Jerry Jones, who was sick to his stomach, because he wanted to trade back in the first round to get Paxton Lynch to back up Tony Romo. Instead, um, they went after Connor Cook, missed on him. The Raiders got Connor Cook, and they were forced to land Dak Prescott. A friendly reminder that uh, even the accident that that any anybody finds a, a franchise quarterback in the in the the third round or later, usually an accidental genius, because you've already passed on the guy multiple times. Like even the Seahawks when they got Russell Wilson. You know, great job getting Russell Wilson, but you passed on him too. Like they, you ran the risk of the, of the value out there. So even they didn't know just how good he could be. And I think the same thing applies to the Cowboys and Jerry Jones and, and, and Dak Prescott here as well. Royce Freeman did look sharp for the Broncos. That's good. I ran four times for 38 yards, including a 21 yard score. Sounds more and more like he's going to be the guy, uh, with Denver. So if you're, if you're, if you're banking on a fantasy draft, Royce Freeman is your guy to target. Devontae Booker, maybe the second-end guy you get there. And then D'Angelo Henderson is a deep flyer, I guess. I don't know. I think, but I think Royce Freeman's gonna be the guy. They like him. They're gonna let him run. Again, he's gotta run behind an offensive line. Gotta hope Case Keenum can, can, uh, you know, get the passing game going enough to open things up, but he looks like he'll be the guy in Denver. Sam Darnold! Referenced it earlier, but Sam Darnold, a huge winner! In the sense that he is impressed all preseason long. Looked great in his debut. I mean, it didn't blow anybody away. You know, I mean, he wasn't like throwing for 300 yards or anything, but Darnold looked good enough against the Falcons going 13 of 18 for 96 yards and a touchdown, um, that it would be really surprising, uh, if he didn't end up being the week one starting quarterback in my mind. And I've been saying this for a while now. If you look at what Todd Bowles is doing at the moment, uh, he, you know, um, He, he's planning, according to Rich Simini of ESPN, to give him, or he did this on Sunday, excuse me, during the, when there was a big fight between the Redskins and, uh, and, and, uh, and Jets in, in Richmond, um, Bowles gave Sam Darnold the majority of the reps for the first time, majority of the first team reps for the first time, an indication he might start Thursday night against the Redskins at FedEx Field, uh, Bowles later wrote it off as, it's important to get him working, caught up with certain things defenses are doing. That's more important than getting him wrapped to the first, second, or third team. That's nice, Todd Bowles. However, if you look at the way that this is playing out, and I've been saying this with these rookie quarterbacks for a while now, the the, the Cardinals are going to give Josh Rosen a chance to win, but they're going to want to start St. Bradford. They're paying him a lot of money. The Bills would be fine with Josh Allen winning the job, except they have four really tough games to start the season, so they're going to throw out A.J. McCarron and Nathan Peterman. Hope that Josh Allen looks good in the preseason, then bring him along uh, midway into the year when you're not playing well. The Browns are going to go Tyrod Taylor. They're doing it. They're, they're starting Tyrod Taylor, and they're going to let Tyrod Taylor hang himself and let him play as long as they can. And, uh, and then they're going to play Baker Mayfield if, if their record's not good. The Jets don't have any of, any of that situation. They got Teddy Bridgewater and Josh McCown there, but they're, they're not financially committed to Josh McCown in a way that they feel they have to play him. He, he said he'll be a mentor and he'll help Sam, Sam Darnold get better. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is playing really well in the preseason, but they're not trotting him out to find out if he's the future. This is trade bait time. If Teddy can play well enough and somebody gets hurt, or even if there's like a, Patriots, Chargers. I realize trading inside the division would be tough, but I think I talked about this before. But Patriots, Chargers, Saints. One of those teams would make sense as a tra- as a trade uh, landing spot for Teddy Bridgewater. You know, you got to you got to be thinking about where you can send him. And as Jason Lock and Fora wrote, uh, Jets will be Sam Darnold's team very soon, and everybody knows that Lock and Fora writing this from Richmond um, on Sunday. Sam is the one who has to catch up. Balls continued. Um, it's you know, but but. It, uh Lockerford wrote, it's clear Bowles doesn't want to inflate any egos or give out the perception that Darnold will give in, be given anything despite how high he was drafted. He will remain a stickler as this competition unfolds and wants Darnold to earn his way up the depth chart. Still, it's impossible to be around this team for any period of time, this is Lock and Fora, and not see some of the natural ability the young man possesses. And one of the five passers taken in the first round, he clearly seems to be the one with the most realistic chance of perhaps starting by week one. He isn't flawless by any means, locking forward notes, but he also isn't overwhelmed by any degree, and he uncourt more than enough perfect riffle, rifle passes to the sideline, riffle, to get attention of everyone on the field. Darnold's playing well enough that he's going to win this job. Guys, Sam Darnold's starting week one for the Jets. It's happening, barring an injury. They're going to try and t- trade Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know if that's going to happen. That might be tough, uh, but Darnold is going to be, your week one starter, you should expect it. It is going to happen, and uh, and it would be surprising if Teddy Bridgewater or Josh McCown opened the season for the Jets. Also, a winner, David Johnson of the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, boo! Speaking of the Arizona Cardinals, um, sounds like Jeremy Cash, former Duke star linebacker, is uh, ACL MCL tear for Jeremy Cash. That comes across from Mike Garofalo of NFL Media. That stinks. Jeremy Cash is a good player, fun player to watch. Um, they're gonna miss the season for the Cardinals. It's another blow for them. Their offensive line needs to be better. One of the concerns, I think, from that preseason game of the Cardinals is how much pressure Josh Rosen was under. He looked sharp too, I thought. Uh, Bradford only went one for one. They're not gonna let him get banged up behind that offensive line in the preseason. But Josh Rosen was taken to fire. Gotta be careful out there. Mike is gonna see a game in this, in this, if this offensive line doesn't improve. Because there's no way that Josh Rosen and Sam Bradford can both stay healthy behind a terrible offensive line. Um, Both guys too, too many injuries over the years. Rosen's dealt with concussions. Bradford deals with a knee injury every year. And so I'd be worried about both of those guys playing a full season. Um, having said, I'm, I'm in on David Johnson. I think you watch him hit the explosion, the way he looked, uh, you know, running the football. You could tell that, you know, even if, um, you know, even if he's just running two times, for 28 yards, you could see it on the one really good carry that David Johnson still has it or has at least gotten it back. Remember, he's not coming back from a knee injury. People just kind of, I think people assume that he's coming back from some sort of very serious injury that, that, that probably cost him a year, but he's really just coming back from a wrist injury. He missed most of the season with the wrist injury, but they just didn't rush him back because the team wasn't very good. He's not coming back. He's not like trying to get his explosion from an Achilles injury or anything like that. This is a guy who can still threaten two thousand total scrimmage yards and he's playing for a contract. So I wouldn't write off David Johnson by any stretch. I was having a conversation with some friends, at least one of them listens to this podcast. I guess I guess the other two aren't really my friends because they don't listen to the podcast, Garrett and Nathan. Um but uh the the other friend, Blaine, who I was we were talking about, David we we're talking about I have the sixth pick in my fantasy league and The debate is like after, it's like Bell, Zeke, Gurley, and Brown. And then Garrett, clearly not a friend, not a good person, doesn't listen to the podcast. Um, he has the fifth pick and I, I was thinking he would take David Johnson. He doesn't sound like he wants to. So maybe Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara are on the table. If I'm sitting at six or seven and David Johnson falls to me, I mean, that's a dance party. This guy was the number one fantasy guy two years ago. He was going number one overall last year, consensus. But it wasn't even close. Like he was the number one overall guy because Zeke was a rookie. Excuse me, two years ago. But I mean, you know, Zeke was a rookie. Oh no, 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 no it was. Was it last year or two years? I'm, I'm, I'm terrible with time. Obviously. Um. No, yeah, last year, David Johnson's coming off a monster season. And so he's going number one overall consensus, even with Zeke playing as well as he did. Because, oh, that's right. Cause Zeke was dealing with the, the legal stuff coming into the season. So Johnson was really the consensus coming off a, a 1,239 yard rushing season. 2,100 yards from scrimmage, guys. He caught 800, he caught 80 passes in 2016. He was an all pro. He's in monster. He's still just 27. He's going to be, he's still just 26. Excuse me. He'll be 27 in December. He's going to have a big year. If they have a quarterback and they got two of them who are good enough to stay healthy for the season, he's going to have a big year. Don't bypass David Johnson in drafts. I saw Matt Harmon of Yahoo actually rank him number one, I think. I'm okay with that. I mean, I, yeah, look, I don't know. We don't know who's going to finish better above Gurley, Bell, David Johnson, or Zeke. David Johnson's playing for a contract. Zeke's trying to get back in, you know, into the good graces of the Cowboys and try and blow up the rushing game again. Um, I, I, David Johnson could easily be the number one running back this year at fantasy, and he could come at a value again because people are sleeping on him a little bit. Maybe they like DeAndre Hopkins better. I don't know. David Johnson, a winner though, because he looked sharp and he looked healthy. Also a winner. Last one, John Gruden got out there and won. Chucky won. I still like the Raiders under, um, primarily because of the 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 reason that Marshawn Lynch's sixty yard touchdown run was called back. Colton Miller called for holding the rookie left tackle, uh, caused. The, uh, the beast mode, not to run for 60 yards in a score. Chucky got mad. And, uh, but he said, it was awesome. I saw some recognizable faces that had gotten a little bit older. I saw some old friends that mean a lot to me. Like I said, along it's a great responsibility, the nostalgia has worn off. We have to do something with the opportunity, but it was sure great to see the Raiders fans. Gruden's going to be amped up for that first game. I like the Raiders to beat the Rams in week one, just cause. And, um, I think he's a winner just because he got out there and he, uh, he won, he won a football game. Does that, does that, is that worth anything? Raiders beat the Lions 16, nothing, 16 to 10. I think you read some of the, you know, you, you look at it and it, it, the, the, the offense looked like it knew what it was doing. I think that's important. You want this, if you, want, if you're rooting for the Raiders, you need this offense to look competent, to look aggressive, to look like Gruden knows what he can do in a, in a modern setting. And I think you saw that from this offense. And so that that was key for Gruden. That's why he's a winner as well. That's all I got. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll have guests throughout the week leading up to the season, getting ready to do our thing. It's weekly. It's not weekly. Excuse me. It's daily. It's the Pick 6 Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for listening as always. Talk to you guys soon.